You're listening to the National Secular Society podcast, hosted by Emma Park. In October last year, I talked to Stephen Evans and Alistair Lichten about a consultation launched by the Welsh Government on changes to the religious and sex education syllabi. Since then, the consultation has closed and the proposals have developed significantly. It is now anticipated that RE will be replaced by a new subject called Religion, Values and Ethics, or RVE for short. The aim is to make this subject more pluralistic and less proselytising than the old RE. But, the NSS argues, there are still problems. Another controversial idea is to remove the parents' right to withdraw their children from religious education, something I wrote about from the perspective of a former teacher in Spectator Life. In today's episode, I will be speaking to Stephen and Alistair again for an update on where the current proposals have got to, how far they meet with NSS approval, and where there is still, in their view, room for improvement. Hi, Stephen and Alistair. So let's start with a a sort of broader question. What has the National Secular Society's role been during the Welsh Government's development of its new RVE proposals? Uh, Well, over six years ago now, I think it was back in March 2014, the Welsh Government asked Professor Graham Donaldson to carry out a root and branch review of the curriculum in schools in Wales. And and I suppose that's what started the current debate about RE in Wales. And we've been involved right from the start and we play an active part in helping to shape this area of policy. So the Donaldson Review reported back in 2015 and it recommended that religious education should remain a statutory curriculum requirement and form part of the humanities area of learning. Um, So the question from there on in was, was, I suppose, what would RE look like? And uh, I met with the education secretary at the time, Hugh Lewis, who appeared to be persuaded that there was a real need to transform religious education. Uh, And I think his view at the time was he wanted to see it transformed into a broader uh, philosophy and ethics kind of subject with an explicit commitment to allowing children to explore ideas around ethics, citizenship, rights and responsibilities and, you know, what it means to be a citizen of a free country. And this was very much in line with what we were recommending. Uh, and so, and to some extent, it, it's it's where we are right now. Um, his plans inevitably met with some opposition from faith groups um, and some within the RE community who saw it as a sort of watering down of a more traditional model of RE and I suppose the public policy debate has been ongoing ever since. And, you know, we've had subsequent meetings and correspondence with the current education minister, Kirsty Williams, who I met, I think, last in January. Um, but, you know, we've exchanged correspondence throughout, as we have with various leads within the curriculum team, to try and shape this really important area of policy and, and you know, take it in a more secularist direction. That's so a really, yeah, that's interesting, a really long sort of involvement by the NSS there. And Alice, did you have anything to add to that? I've had quite productive meetings with various members of curriculum teams in Cardiff and also other stakeholder events. And, you know, I think we've seen a few light bulb moments when we've been in a meeting and we've pointed out a problem caused by faith schools and there's sort of a light bulb going on like, oh, yeah, we hadn't we hadn't thought of we we hadn't thought of that issue, but mainly we've been there, to, you know, pushing them to be braver and to go further. 
Sure. Um, and, and talking of, of this, one of the, the things that the NSS has really um, been campaigning about um, is this issue of whether um, parents have the right to withdraw children from um, religious education. Now, one of the current proposals by the Welsh government is for um, religion and values and ethics education to be compulsory in all schools and to completely abolish the right of parents to withdraw their children. Uh, let's look at the effect of that um, in mainstream non-faith schools to start with. So as far as non-faith schools are concerned, Stephen, are you happy with where the Welsh Government's proposal is at now? Uh, well, it's certainly good to see RE evolving. Uh, the subject has been crying out for reform for a long time. It's great to see the Welsh Government grasping this nettle. Uh, and the new legislation will make it explicit that any agreed syllabus for RVE must reflect both uh, religious beliefs and also non-religious beliefs, and that's a long overdue development, which is very welcome. So we certainly welcome the principles uh, underpinning the move to replace RE with a new religion, values, and ethics syllabus, and the ambition of this being a more pluralistic and, and, and more balanced in nature. But I, I do think the plans the government have come up with fall somewhat short of that ambition uh, for reasons which we'll probably get into a little bit later on. Um, and with regard to the right of withdrawal, uh, uh, with you know, regard to that being removed, well, if we had a genuinely objective, critical and pluralistic RVE syllabus, then I think the arguments for a right of withdrawal would fade away and become redundant. But I don't think that's where we're at at the moment. Um, and particularly when you look at the arrangements for faith schools, which I'm sure we'll get into, uh, even more concerns arise. So, yes, um, are these proposals a step in the right direction? Yes. Could they be uh, improved? Uh, absolutely. Sure. I mean, as, as far as non-faith schools are concerned, um, do you think that where the proposals are now, you're happy for the right to withdraw to be gone in, in non-faith schools? Uh, not really, no. For reasons we'll get into, I still think um, it's a necessary evil, should we say, for the time being. Okay, fair enough. Um, and and on, on that subject, um, non-faith schools will also no longer be obliged to offer faith-based religious education um, just because the parents request it. In other words, all children at non-faith schools will have to follow the same um, RVE curriculum. This seems like something of a positive step. I mean, what, what do you think about that, Alistair? I'm not sure that there is any substantial take up of this provision at the moment. So it does seem like a bit of a no brainer just to do away with that. The historic idea behind this was particularly for Catholic families, but also for other minority religious uh, groups in England and Wales. They were concerned that locally determined RE in non-faith schools would be pro-Anglican by default. So they wanted the ability to have that opt out you know, to provide an alternative denominational RE. I think the Catholic Education Service will probably be the only group really fighting to maintain this. They view it as Catholic parents' jobs to ensure their children receive a particular denominational religious education. And obviously they see it as the state's job to fund that. Oh, and that, that is regardless of what type of school their, their children are at. Yeah. But this but as a, this provision it is not really taken up. It's a bit of a dead letter. So it makes a lot of sense just to get rid of it. I see. Whereas in contrast, 
um, the ability to have an opt-out um, in faith schools from their denominational provision is, is something which, which has had teeth. Um, so let's have a look at that now. Um, so in faith schools, state-funded faith schools, the, the Welsh Government's latest proposal means that parents will have two options. Either they will have to allow their children to be taught RVE from a denominational perspective, whether Catholic, C of E, Muslim, Jewish, whatever, or they will be able to opt their children into classes which teach religion from a pluralist, non-denominational point of view. Um, however, parents will not be able to withdraw their children altogether from religious education. They will have to choose one of the two available options in faith schools. So um, I know I know the NSS has concerns about this. So um, Alistair, what, what is your view? Um, what, what, is this a step in the right direction or are there still problems with this um, provision in faith schools? I think for some people it will be a step in the right direction. But I mean, this just looks like it's going to create mess. It really feels like a last minute attempt to try and please everyone that is just going to backfire. Uh, amusingly enough, we've heard that some in the faith-based RE community view this as a Trojan horse to try and undermine faith schools. But overall, it's just deeply disappointing that the Welsh government appear to have backtracked or backed down from their own you know, far simpler suggestion of just requiring all schools to teach pluralistic RE. And really, the more you think about this at a practical level, the more you actually like consider how practically this would this is going to work in faith schools the sillier it begins to look so just ima imagine a teacher in a faith school possibly selected uh, based on religious grounds is supposed to teach faith promotion promoting denominational re from nine o'clock till ten o'clock then the bell rings uh, it's, a new, it's, a, it's a new period and suddenly from 10 to 11 they're meant to teach pluralistic RE are they going to have different textbooks different lesson plans are they going to have gone on different CBD days how, how are they going to suddenly switch between those two very different cultures what about inspection because you know RE in many faith schools is inspected to ensure it is promoting a faith ethos how would that work with pluralistic RE? I mean, would, wouldn't they just, I mean, wouldn't they just have, in that case, the same standards to apply to um, non-denominational RE um, in faith schools as in non-faith schools? Would, wouldn't that be the theory? Yes, but they, the, that, 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 the culture isn't in place the, and the, the inspection re regime isn't in place because many faith schools, uh, RE is inspected in a, diff in a different way. And, you know, we'd probably see huge pressure by some faith schools to dissuade parents from taking up this pluralistic option in much the same way that we see um, similar dis uh, currently many faith schools really discourage the right uh, right to withdraw. So this pluralistic RE in many faith schools would be poorly resourced. It would you know, probably have a poor reputation. It would be marginalised. Now, of course, I'm sure in some faith schools it, it could work. Uh, faith schools that, that have less of a an aggressive tradition of promoting their religious ethos, it might work better in those. But I mean, just there's a much simpler option on the table. It's surprising that they've backed down in this way. Sure. I mean, just um, talking about the process, because you said parents might be feeling under a lot of pressure from the schools. Um, is, is there a, a problem that that the fact that parents have to sort of choose specifically to opt in to non-denominational RE, um, does that make it more difficult because the onus is on them 
to to get the school to do something different from what it would normally be doing. Very clearly, yeah. and and we we see that with how withdrawing from RE or you know even questioning aspects of RE in some faith schools is really discouraged. Sure, um, Stephen, did you have anything to add to that from your experience of of this issue? Uh, not really. I think Alison is right that that uh, listen, it is a positive that children in faith schools will have access to a pluralistic curriculum, but the the, the practical problems this throws up. Are, are, are quite significant. But, you know, for me, you just have to go back to the original ambition of the Welsh Government, and that was to make sure that all children have equal entitlement to a pluralistic and uh, balanced form of RVE. And for me, I think implementing a duty on all schools to teach the subject in an objective, critical and pluralistic manner, without exception, has to be the starting point. So in that way, these proposals just fall short. But, you know, practically, they throw up enormous problems too. Sure. So uh, let, let's get this straight, because um, there's this right to withdraw. Um, as far as I understand, um, at the moment, the NSS um, still wants to keep the right to withdraw in place, although in the long term, um, the position is that, you know, if, if the Welsh Government does actually get all faith and non-faith schools to provide pluralistic objective RVE to everyone, then um, the NSS would oppose um, keeping the right to withdraw. Is that correct, Alistair? Um, pretty much. I, I think Stephen just earlier called it a necessary evil. Yeah. And no, I'm not in love with the right to withdraw. I think everyone who supports the continuing right to withdraw acknowledge that there's problems with it, acknowledge its potential to be misused, uh, its potential to undermine the subject. Ideally, all pupils should just have a genuinely critical, pluralistic education, and then it shouldn't be up to parents to pick and choose what parts of that they want. But um, to give you an example of how this is often misrepresented, a few years ago I did a review of some guidance from the Welsh Association of Sacres on managing the right to withdraw. And just to say that those SACRAs are the local standing advisory councils on religious education, which advise on the RE syllabus. Yeah. So they produced, and I, and I believe they, they every couple of years, they produce guidance on managing the right to withdraw. And reading through it, it has a lot of you know, practical advice for schools. You know, if a parent wants to withdraw, discuss with them, see if you can address their concerns. But it was in the overall context of sort of presenting this idea that parents only have pre uh, prejudicial or ill-informed reasons for wanting to withdraw as if there as if there are no legitimate concerns with the way the subject is taught and that parents just need to put up with proselytization and poor quality teaching if you want to end the right to withdraw you should make it so it's not necessary yeah um it is the concern um more with um in, in faith schools, would, would you be happy, I mean, that to remove the right to withdraw if faith schools were, were required to teach in a pluralistic manner? Or do you think that the very existence of, of faith schools means that it, it would be very difficult for those schools to ever teach um, religious studies in a pluralistic manner? Obviously, as we always say, faith schools vary widely in terms of how aggressively they promote their religious ethos. And so that has a big, a big impact. Faith schools can do better or worse at this, but 
it is really difficult where you have a culture of a school being organized around a religious ethos for that not to impact how subjects are taught. So it, you can make it more pluralistic and more critical, but making it pluralistic and critical enough within a faith school culture seems very difficult. And, and I guess that's one of the reasons why the NSS objects to faith schools in general. One of many. Yeah. Um, now, now, talking about the, the, the religious education syllabus in general, um, Stephen, the Welsh government has said that it's going to retain these SACRES, these standing advisory councils, which determine the RE syllabus. Um, now, how exactly does this work, um, Stephen, and, and why does the NSS object to the Welsh government's decision to keep them? Well, the objection really is because it means what gets taught in schools will still be heavily influenced by faith groups. So the new RV curriculum framework itself won't be particularly um, prescriptive. The agreed syllabus, what actually gets taught in schools, will largely be formulated by these local committees dominated by enthusiastic faith representatives, which for me fundamentally undermines the subject's credibility. Now, the law will be clear that these committees need to include non-religious representatives, which in effect probably just means humanist representatives. But nevertheless, reforms should liberate the subject from the privileged influence of special interest groups, whether religious or secular. Um, you know, I've often thought of RE as sort of advertising space for religion and beliefs in schools. And I'm afraid under these proposals, I think that will still be the case. So there's also a question of who funds the syllabus, um, the syllabus design and the resources. And again, we see religious groups with an agenda providing the teaching materials and resources. And while claiming not to indoctrinate, their material isn't exactly impartial. And this situation in Wales, the, re the reform in Wales, was really a golden opportunity, I think, to liberate the subject from these special interests. But I think the retention of sacraments mean that opportunity has been missed. Um, and who, who would you say that, that I mean, what, what would the NSS's be position? Who ought to be um, designing the um, RE syllabus? In the same way as other subjects, no other subject has this kind of local determination structure about it. Um, and, and, and as the name change makes clear as well, that th this subject is supposed to cover much more than religion. But still, the SACRE system gives religious interest groups the opportunity to dominate and exert control over it. Um, having said that, I should be clear, actually, that the schools um, will be required, I think. I think that there will be a duty on schools to develop their own syllabus, and they will merely have to pay regard to the agreed syllabus created by SACRES and the, uh, the ASC, the Agreed Syllabus Conference, which is basically the same committee as the SACRES. Um, but they will be free to depart from that agreed syllabus. But so so... Partly to answer your question there, it, schools will be responsible for creating the syllabus. But I think in reality, I expect many schools will simply adopt the agreed syllabus as they have been doing, lock, stock and barrel. And that, as I say, gives religious groups and other special interest groups too much influence over the subject. And it's partly for this reason, I think the right of withdrawal has to remain even in non-faith schools for now. Okay. Um and I, and I guess that with this influence of the sacraments and the independence of schools, that would also depend on how how strong um, the, the schools were themselves as faith schools, how strong an interest they had in keeping a religious element in, in their syllabus. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, now, you mentioned, Stephen, that, that non-religious representatives will be allowed on the sacres, and, and, and you mentioned that it will probably be humanists. I mean, why humanists? Have, have the humanists specifically become to be viewed as, as the sort of the, the only or the sort of standard representatives of everyone who is not religious? Well, in the case of RE, if, if you're going to have a system whereby committees made up of religious groups um, are charged with the task of coming up with the syllabus, then to make it more pluralistic and non-discriminatory, the obvious thing to do is include uh, non-religious voices. And humanists um, are really the only group that kind of identify around non-religion. Humanism is really, in, in many respects, an attempt to package and codify non-religious views and ethics in a way that is analogous to religion. So humanism, in many ways, has the appearance of religion. Um, it's not a religion, of course, but it does have the appearance of it a little bit. Um, and, and that's quite convenient in a society that organises things around religious identities. Um, it enables humanists um, to, well, it enables the non-religious via humanism to join the party, so to speak. Um, it makes interfaith more inclusive. So humanism is really quite convenient in that way. Uh, the problem is, of course, that not all non-religious people necessarily identify with humanism. They might not want to wear that particular label or have it assigned to them. Um, you know, the non-religious tend not to organise around their lack of religion. Some people are just indifferent to religion or religiously unconcerned or uninterested. So it's a mistake, I think, to think that non-belief and uh, all secular thought and history should be subsumed under the banner of humanism. So sometimes we need to think outside of that religious box and not view everything, view everything through the prism of religion. And in the case of RE, I think that means liberating the subject from all vested interests, whether religious or secular. Absolutely. And, and let's talk about this, just, just a tiny bit of, of detail, Stephen, about um, what this RE syllabus should include. Now, um, you, you yourself have argued, and, and the NSS has argued from time to time, that um, religious studies shouldn't be a separate subject at all. It should be absorbed into humanities, other humanities subjects you mentioned um, earlier, um, citizenship, or possibly, you know, um, some parts of it should go into literature or history. I mean, with this re religion, values and ethics um, syllabus proposed by the Welsh Government, um, isn't there an opportunity there for teaching, I don't know, religious views about the world and, and religious approaches to life and to ethics, along with um, philosophical ways of sort of interrogating them and, and non-religious beliefs? I mean, in a way, religion and different types of philosophy are, um, sort of approach the same ethical problems, such as how to live, how to be good. But um, you might say that philosophy proceeds by reason, whereas um, religion proceeds on divine authority. So, I mean, what about a subject which allowed children to explore these different methods for themselves um, and then decide which they preferred? Sure. Uh, I, there is no one right way of teaching about religion in schools. I think everyone will have their own idea about how religion and belief should be approached. I think most people, I would have thought, would agree that there's a value to teaching pupils critically about the diversity of and within religion and about, as you say, a range of religious and philosophical outlooks and ethical perspectives. And the question is, I suppose, whether that should be in a separate and ring-fenced subject similar to RE uh, that's a compulsory part of the curriculum for pupils for the entirety of their school lives. I, I think having a subject of RE with no clear educational rationale, as we have had, means that we 
spend, have spent a disproportionate amount of time on religion in schools. It's often not done well, which has wasted people's time. And sometimes it's been uh, abused. Um, it's been used to indoctrinate and inculcate children into a religion or even just make them look favorably uh, upon religion. So I think RE is outmoded as a concept and needs to be abolished. But there are a range of options of how you replace it. The uh, philosophy and ethics approach, uh, which you suggest, is certainly one way. Uh, I think a study of worldviews could quite easily be part of a wider humanities subject along those lines. Because, you know, yes, a degree of religious literacy is useful, but all I'm saying is let's not allow religion to marginalise uh, all the other important aspects of learning that are out there. And by that, I don't just mean the core subjects, maths and English, etc., uh, citizenship, human rights, moral philosophy, critical thinking, and God, we need more of that right now. Uh, cultural and political literacy, even financial literacy, will probably be more practical uh, to future citizens uh, and society than theology. So yes, there's a good reason to teach about religion, but all I'm saying is it needs to be done proportionally, critically, and impartially. Yeah, Alistair, do you, would you agree with Stephen on that? Yes, I mean... The key point Stephen identified there is that there's a lack of clear rationale or agreed rationale for what the purpose of RE is. And then that that leads to just so much stuff being dumped into RE and allows these quite outdated ideas of like promoting a promoting religion to be to to remain smuggled in. There is a lot that, that is currently included in RE that definitely needs a really clear home in the curriculum to ensure it is provided consistently and at a high quality. But I'm not convinced that RE or RVE or RME is the necessary or the right home for that. So personally, I'd like to see a lot more provision for philosophy in schools and a philosophy subject could act as a home for the philosopher, philosophy of religion or the philosophy of belief aspects of RE. But that those aren't the only good aspects of RE that need to be kept. So alongside that, I think we need massively better provisioned uh, citizenship subject, which could be home to the cultural, ethical and social issues that are currently covered in RE. But the faith promotional, uh, the in-depth study of certain you know not massively uh, important religious ideas and their theological aspects they don't necessarily need a home they really can just be dropped and i know we're obviously a long way from that at the moment but i do believe that such an approach could dramatically improve education about religion and beliefs in schools yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and get children just thinking a bit more critically about it all. And, and it's certainly, I, I agree with both of you, that it's very difficult to see um, how, how teaching about religions should really um, take up a lot of space on the syllabus when we've got so much science and maths and uh, languages education to, to get on it as well, especially from GCSE onwards. And if you ask, you know, all the research shows when you ask pupils what they're interested in about our, about re it's it's not the bible stories it, it, it's not learning wrote learning 
uh, of religious stories or learning in detail what religious rules are on certain issues. They're interested in how this stuff interacts with real life. They're interested in the conversations about religion in the workplace, religion in politics and current affairs, uh, the impact of this on, on moral issues and on stuff they see in the news every day. Which is really all about citizenship and human rights education. I mean, it really falls yeah. on that, I think, more than religious education. Absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you both for those um, really interesting and thought-provoking answers. Alistair, just one final point. Um, if supporters of the NSS have a view on these proposals, how can they get involved in um, this, these ongoing um, discussions by the Welsh Government? Well, obviously, the current proposals are not the fixed be-all and end-all. There is a consultation going on at the moment. We'll have links in the show notes to our campaign page on this. Uh, if you live or if your children attend school in Wales, we're really encouraging you to respond to the consultation. We've put together a briefing and an online form which make that really easy. We've also got a template letter for your members of the Senate. And finally, wherever you are in the UK, we're asking supporters to fill in our short survey on RE reform more widely and the right to withdraw. And that will help feed into our own position, uh, both for this current consultation and for our ongoing work in the area. Great. Um, so lots to be getting on with. Um, Alistair and Stephen, thanks very much. Thanks, thanks very much. That was episode 28 of the National Secular Society podcast, hosted by Emma Park. My guest speakers were Stephen Evans and Alistair Lichton, both staff members at the NSS. If you would like to help us challenge unfair religious privilege and support freedom of and from religion in Britain today, why not become a member of the NSS? Full details are on our website at secularism.org.uk forward slash podcast. If you like this podcast, you can find more episodes and more information about this episode on the website. Thanks for listening.